It is Brian Scalabrini. It's the big baller, baby. Fogasol. It is the Kevin Matomo. This is Hugh Jackson. This is Pete Rose. And you are listening to Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9 during sports. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another exciting episode of Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. I hope you're all having a tremendous Monday. That is right. It is sports hour here on Wildcat 91.9, 6 to 7, every single day of the week. I'm your host, Paxton Gordon. Hope, again, as I said, having a tremendous yet cool Monday because it's extremely hot out there, so I hope you all are keeping it cool on the DL, but... I am joined, of course, as always, by my lovely co-host, Jasmine. Jasmine, how are you doing today? Paxton, today I am doing fantastic. Are you? Just yes. today? Just I, mean, good today? <laughs> I mean, all the time, because ah. I, I just be at home chilling. Mm-hmm. You chilling? I big chilling. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do but this, so this is my favorite part oh. of every day. Favorite part, and of course, if you didn't hear on Friday, Jasmine will be on vacation starting Wednesday. Wednesday, yep, yep. So... We, I, will be looking for a co-host to bring with me. It might be Garrett, might be Joe, might be bringing back the original co-host for the show that you guys all know and love through the normal semester. Might be Colin, might not. But tomorrow, actually, there will be no Down to the Wire. I know, Shocky, can you believe that? What? I know, I, I know, this is news to you. Sorry, what? Break, hit the breaking news, hit the breaking news, oh, because this oh, is goodness. some real big breaking news coming on Where's here the in break? the... Oh, here it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know. Breaking Because it's really big. Um, Colin Settle will be hosting the show tomorrow. He and his co-host from Settling the Score have been doing some interviews, as I say, with some old former K-State players. And Colin has acquired a former K-State wide receiver. I will not list his name because you will have to Dang tune it. in tomorrow to know who it is. But they will be taking over our show tomorrow, as they said again. He, he that's what he said. So we there will be no down to the wire. But Colin will be coming back for his one day stint. And then of course Jasmine, unfortunately, will not be here on Wednesday. So this is her lone show today. I'm gonna make it good. At least I'm gonna try. Hey, Knock hey, hey! It's been going good the last hey, couple hey. days. Because if you haven't noticed, I know you guys can't notice because you can't visually see where we're positioned, but she is taking over the big board, getting herself ready for the school year because, woo, baby, we the sports department is looking to fire off some fireworks the whole year of just great content, and she's looking to join the crew <laughs> of excellent people we have. Colin Settle, of course, Cole Carmody and his show. Joe Tillery potentially holding down the down-to-the-wire fort unless he creates his own show, which I would be excited to hear if he does. And then Carson Ackerman and a bunch of new freshmen coming in as well. Jasmine Halliburton as she fights for her position on the show timeline. <laughs> Are you ready to fight? Oh, you know, I have fist to fight? fight? No. Fist yes, fight? yeah, in the ring. We have a ring. Can I've I- set it up. You and the former people Question. that have worked around have to fight it out. Question. Yes. Are brass knuckles allowed? Um, I do believe they're legal in the state of Kansas. Since I am a huge wrestling fan, it's kind of like an under the down low underneath kind mm-hmm, of topic mm-hmm. I like. Since I'm a big wrestling fan, you can you could have a 
Texas um, barbed wire fence death match. Oh. So, um, okay. Anything's really legal at this point. Chairs, Anything. barbed wire, thumbtacks. What if lights. I am, like wrapped up one of those giant like bubble things? You walk around and I like equip it with some weapons because I don't want to get hurt. But I yeah, that's legal. Me. Yeah, yeah, that's legal. Cool. You just have to put bull. Put shoulder. all your money on me. You, you got to get bull shoulders down for three seconds, and there you go. You win it off. So again, tune in for our barbed wire death match where Jasmine fights the second year Can't radio wait. people to get her spot. But she probably she'll get it. She has some great ideas, and we have some also some great show ideas coming up. Because again, the fantasy show might be popping up for the fall semester. I don't know. I'm the sports director for now, but who knows what happens in the fall time. But anyway, let's get on to some, some sports. Woo! Are you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. Let's start it off with some Summer League. Jasmine, hit the music. It is some Summer League action here on Wildcat 91.9. That's right. Can't believe it. Before we even get NFL preseason football games, we get the NBA Summer League. You know, no offense, I... I and more preferential towards the NFL preseason than the NBA Summer League. Normally for the fact of, unfortunately, Denver never had, my team, the Denver Nuggets, never had a G League team. This is the first year the Denver Nuggets have an official G League team. Really? I know. They used to send their people, they want to send their two-way contracts to places all across the United States to different teams to just put them on a roster slot. So now they officially have their own team, and I'm so excited. So now I've been watching a little bit more of the Summer League. Unfortunately, Denver had health and safety protocols, so they actually only had one day of actual practice and signed two people the same day they, the same day they played a game. Oh, wow. So um, the first game was not fun. We'll talk about, of course, I'll talk about Bull Bull, but... Uh-huh. More of the NFL style. Broncos have their first preseason game Saturday the 14th against the Minnesota Vikings. I couldn't be more ecstatic because, again, I've preached it to high heavens. Denver could potentially be the team to watch this season in terms of biggest gainers in terms of record-wise. Excuse me. The only issue is they suck at the most important position on all of football, the quarterback position. It's the biggest question mark on this team. But anyway, I digress. It is NBA preseason, no, sorry, summer league. And how about we start off with the number one overall pick in the NBA draft? That would be one Cade Cunningham for the Detroit Pistons. You know, it wasn't. Jalen Green. We'll get to Jalen Green in a second. It wasn't the Jalen Green explosion of offense that made us all sit there and be like, wow, that guy is going to be special. Cade Cunningham came out with 12 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 5 of 17 from the field, 2 of 7 from the 3-point line. Lackluster day offensively in terms of his shooting. Really started off strong in the first quarter. Show that he can shoot, made one of his three-pointers during that stretch, as well as some other jumpers. But he did have, out of the top three, the worst performance, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people, I would say, would would throw the flag up immediately because Cade Cunningham's supposed to be the best overall player in the draft. He's not the Jalen Green explosion offense or the potential generational big man that Evan Mobley is, but he is the best overall all-around, excuse me, type player. And yes, he's not explosive. It, he didn't look like he got off the, the dribble, the first step, first dribble quickly enough. 
didn't go to the hole quick, and maybe that's just still getting used to the NBA landscape because some of these people on these summer league rosters are NBA players. Their second years, and maybe some some other G League, span, um, Euro League type players, but they are real legit NBA players. So, not good offensively, but he was what I thought advertised as a whole. Defensively, solid. Really showed why, in my opinion, out of the top three, he is one of the better better defenders at his position. You know, Evan Mobley being a big man, can't really lump him in with Cade Cunningham. He, Jalen Suggs, and Evan and Jalen Green all are pretty good defensively. Cade Cunningham had a great defensive game in his first appearance. Over six rebounds. He's a good facilitator. And the thing is, two, two assists might be a bit low for people, but you gotta remember the Detroit Pistons in that first game. Boy, did they miss some shots. Holy yep. crap. I've never I mean, I've seen teams miss some shots, but when I mean they left a lot of points on the tables and assists for Cade Cunningham on the table, I mean I ain't lying. There were many a times where they were just wide open and just couldn't find the rim. And again, first G League for I keep calling it the G League. I don't it's know right, what's man. in my head. Honest mistake. I know. It's, uh, but the first summer league game is bound to happen. I'm not expecting I mean, so, let's be okay. I say that now, but there are some people that really popped in their first game and it really True. blew my socks away. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, God, he's a bust already. God, he, he sucks. I think, again, overall, I agree with the Detroit Pistons selection of Cade Cunningham. They already have somebody potentially as their number one in J Jeremy Grant, and they need someone to be more of a settler, someone who can facilitate, run this offense, be this team's leader. And that's what Cade Cunningham brings. And I still, at the moment, at the moment, agree with this selection of still Cade Cunningham. Wasn't the best night. Still plenty of games to go. Absolutely. Just wasn't the next guy we're going to talk about. Jalen Green. Holy, because you want to talk about somebody coming out of game number one that just was just like, F it. I'm just going to go and I'm going to destroy everybody out on the court and have no remorse for those people I'm destroying on the court. How about Jalen Green? He's legit. Because this man looked like the offensive powerhouse in the G League last year that he was. Because off the ball, first step, quick as hell. He gets to that lane better than anybody I see in this draft. And there's a lot of young, exciting, explosive athletic guards that came out of here. Of course, you have Jalen Johnson. You got Davian Mitchell. Trying to remember another one that I had on top of my head that I already forgot because I'm a goober. But man, he looks so good in that in his first his first career NBA summer league. He looked insane. And that's he actually is the first player to skip college, go to the G League, and then get drafted in the draft at extremely high level. He's the first successful case of saying screw the college system. I'm going to bet on myself in the in the NBA system, go with a G League team, and oh my god. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of Holy that. crap. This a man. A lot more. Let's see here. 23 points, 5 rebounds, 9 of 18 shooting from the field, 4 of 9 from the 3-point land. And you know what's so funny about this? When I watch Jalen Green play, first off, he's a big dude. He looks like a big man when he plays the point. When he's got the ball in his hands, there is no stopping that freight train when he gets a little rolling. He's not LeBron James freight train, but when he gets downhill, you, you're going to need to put some muscle into Jalen Green to stop him from scoring. But you're right to be a lot of Luka Doncic. Really? Because of the step back. 
There were so many, I think I counted five times in this game, where he just took a nasty step back and just drained it from any corner of the court. Step back three, another step back three, step back three from the free throw line. Turn around, Jay. This man was just showing why he made a strong case for the number one player in this year's draft. 23 points. 9 of 18 shooting isn't otherworldly efficient. I mean, that's 50%, right? If I did the math correctly, that's 50%. I believe so. That's still pretty good. That is amazing for a shooter. And then 4-9 from the three-point line, let just slightly lower than 50%. You want to talk about a debut of somebody who put a, who put a whole league on watch? This man did. And didn't I say that the Houston Rockets would be the most one of the most exciting teams coming into this season following Absolutely. this draft. Yes, you did. And you know what I saw in the first? The first! It was actually, this was the first G League game. G League game. Gosh, darn it. Summer that, League that. game I watched was the Rockets game. Did you know when I watched this game, I, ver I, I literally sat up and said, I told you so. I lied to myself. Of course, I didn't. I said it to myself. I didn't really hey, say man, it out loud. Hey, man, sing it to the heavens. I, I told everyone so. Because, yes, Alfred Sengun did not have the offensive impact that he was advertised as. I mean, 15 points, 15 rebounds, that's, 5 blocks. That's I true. mean, that, that's not bad. <laughs> that's true. He didn't <laughs> shoot He didn't shoot as well. 3 of 10 from the field, one, 0 of 1 from deep. The fact that he at least attempted a 3-pointer brings even more hope for me. Because when I scouted Sengun... A lot of the stuff that I saw highlight-wise and breakdown was he was more of an interior offensive guy. Somebody who who stretched the floor but not as lethal like a Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, no, or nobody's a, scary. Yeah, yeah. Not scaring you. But the fact that he too. went out there and, and tried and att he attempted one shot, but at least gave it a whirl, I think is could help his stock even more. Because as you said, 15 points, 15 rebounds, 5, bl five blocks. For a guy who's touted as the more offensive big man in this year's draft. Remember, don't forget, they got Usman Garuba. Yep. Another big man who is whose prowess is specifically defense. And he hasn't played yet because he has yet to sign his contract, but he was slated to be their bigger defender. The guy that showed up on the defensive end. Sengun with 15 rebounds, 5 blocks, 18 years old. Woo, baby. This Damn. team is looking... So exciting. It's going to bring some excitement back because I think John Wall had a good bounce back season last year. I think so, yeah. Coming off of a lot of people criticizing for the way he plays, mm -hmm. the back-to-back -back ACL injuries that he suffered, a lot of people just wrote him away. A lot of people wrote John Wall off. Yes, the Rockets were the worst team in basketball. We, there's no question about that. I think they were worse than the Pistons. And that's saying a right. lot because yeah. I thought the Pistons were a bad team. Rough. The Rockets looked even worse, but they had a lot of interesting pieces that, if given more talent on that roster, could excel. Christian Wood, the literal definition of floor spacing big man. You need yep. a guy that can shoot three, boom, Christian Wood over there. You got us a Kenyon Martin Jr. That is right, Kenyon Martin's son, Kenyon Martin Jr. is on that team, and he's fun to watch. That This is a, an, a now young core of dudes that I think could blossom under John Wall. I know John Wall is criticized maybe for his more selfish play, but I think now that he's 
moving away. He's he's moved away from the spotlight of Washington, where there was a lot of expectations for that team. This Rockets team could flourish under him. You got Jalen Green, Kenny Martin Jr., Christian Wood, Alfred Sengun, Usman Garuba, and then of course the experienced veteran in John Wall, who still has a lot of life left in his body, even though two ACL injuries is scary for a, for a player who's still getting up in age. This team could make the biggest jump record-wise, in my opinion, and also be one of the most exciting teams in the NBA. I mean, I agree. They're not going to win anything right now, especially in a very stacked West, but I do believe they're going to make it entertaining whoever they're going to play against. If this is the time to maybe like stock up on talent, this actually was the year. Yeah. Because as we've, we've discussed, this was, in a lot of people's opinion, the one of the deepest drafts they've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Since 2003, excuse yes. me, not ever seen, but since yes. 2003. In a while. Yes. In a while. And when you, as a Rockets team, who were not exciting, it was it was like screeching nails across the chalkboard type of boring and painful to watch. You add a lot of this excitement and youth to this team, it's going to take time. Why not a time right now when the the league and the West, Western Conference, is just stacked with talent? By the time that they are flourished and ready to explode onto the scene, the Western Conference might be a whole different conference as a whole. Absolutely. I know a lot of teams have signed up some new talent. The Lakers are kind of in a weird stance of they have two long-term contracts in LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then the rest just feel like one-year minimum stop gaps. Oh, and Russell Westbrook, excuse me. Yeah. They are looking for a gun at some point. The real only couple teams that I can list off the top of my head that I think are going to be here long-term, Nuggets, Warriors, of course, with their big three. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Lakers, if they want to keep Utah? Russ around. Utah's going to be one of them as well. Clippers are looking for a gun at some point because that was already iffy. At It was already iffy and on the wire this season. I can only imagine if it goes even worse next season. Phoenix still in Phoenix. Be for, Phoenix for is going to be for a while. Chris Paul, though, is the big question mark. He's he did sign a three-year deal, but there is still the possibility he might retire. Does have the injury concerns? But there's only there really is just a few teams, in my opinion, my humble opinion, that are going to stick together for an extremely long amount of time. And with the pieces you picked up, Josh Christopher, Sengun, Usman, those three people going to need to take some time. Jalen Green not going to take some time. He's going to pop immediately. So that's going to give you enough stability right now to at least keep it exciting and be alluring. And then those three other prospects who, again, looked good in their first start, minus Usman, Garuba, who wasn't there, can in two, three years flourish, and now you have a powerhouse team in the West. I mean, I could see it. I know this one of the things that the Ro- this Rockets team is lacking is experience. I did say that before. Of course, you got John Wall. Yep. You got you know Christian Wood kind of coming into his own. But I still, this is a super, super duper young team. I think at the time to develop more, they're going to need more experience until they start being that huge powerhouse that we think they're going to be in a couple of years. Of course. And again, I'm only expecting three people on that team to really produce immediately. Jalen Green, John Wall, Christian Wood. It really is a question mark of actually who's going to be the starting big man because Sengun and then Christian Wood both play in the front court. Um, Christian Wood hasn't really been a power forward in that scheme. So, what's the dealio there? They may move him to power forward. I mean, it, it, I mean, since he can space the floor, it makes sense. Yeah. He is athletic enough to where you can't put him in the power forward slot and he's not going to be 
just absolutely demolished by better athletic big man. It's just going to be interesting to see how they approach the situation because they did draft Usman Garuba, who is a true power forward, athletic, defensively focused. Where is he going to fall into this this discussion of starting, not starting, yet to see him play in the summer league? But he he throws a little wrench in that idea. So they have an an inordinate amount of or a lengthy time before we really can start sitting there being like. Man, what, what are they going to do here? A lot of great talent. Who are they going to start? Who are they going to bench? We're going to see. But actually, somebody today that I didn't think would be talking really about Summer League, undisputed with Skip and Shannon. They're finally back. I know. Blessed, They're finally back. Blessed be the Lord. You know, they did deserve their vacation because Lord have mercy. Have they been grinding away for many a days? I'm surprised they haven't killed each other yeah. yet on that show. But they got their break. They're back today. And it was toward the end of the show, Skip Bayless actually discussed who, in his opinion, was one of the brighter stars of the Summer League debut, and you wouldn't be surprised it was, of course, Jalen Green. All right, so I know it was just the first Summer League game, but I thought Jalen Green started making a statement that Detroit made the wrong pick at number one, mm-hmm. taking Cade Cunningham. Jalen Green, I've said from he the start, he, he can <laughs> shoot it and score it like crazy. Okay, yeah. And I believe he has the potential to lead this league in scoring and make Houston basketball fun again. Oh. And uh, listen, Kate Cunningham is not as explosive an right. athlete as Jalen Green. Can you believe fun again? Houston Rockets basketball fun again? It's been like, what, one year? Yeah, one, one year. <laughs> oh, my God, watch out, one year. But that's really... This whole story, I think, of that first game was Jalen Green, and you're gonna—I wouldn't say you'd be shocked because you you followed it just as much as I did. But the other shock of the G League—I'm gonna—you're gonna get gosh, there. It's okay. It. Why do I keep, It's okay. You're gonna we, get there. Why am I saying G League? Maybe I'm because honestly, you because they're on Jalen Green, and he came from the G League. And... That's true. I really am stuck on Jalen. It is just a fascinating story. Him skipping college, going to the G League. It really is because when it when it was first kind of agreed upon that that was allowed. By the NBA and the Players Association, it was just like a eye opener to see. Hey, how many of these really top stars are actually going to try this? Because, sure. no offense, the college system is good, but you have to really go to a top school to at least like develop your skills. And you get paid in the G League. I that think I heard true. you get like five hundred thousand dollars a year for that. So, no. wow, really? Yeah. I, I heard. Oh, I think I, I heard someone say that on the summer league announcing commentators I'll, to, I'll have to look that up for whenever you come back because I, I, I would be I, like shoot forget college I know. I'm get $500,000 and it's not illegal it's not illegal, not like illegal. well now it's illegal in college for the NIL you sure, know yeah, NIL. Yeah. But, 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 but at the time it makes sense and plus you're in an actual NBA system yeah. with coaches that actually know how the NBA game works no offense to a lot of these college coaches who I think do a fantastic job of coaching these young guys up to get drafted to the to the NBA but when you're not playing against NBA level talent, you're not really, you know, you could be putting up 40, 50 points a game and hit the big leagues and not do much. So it is an interesting study to see how well Jalen Green has started off already and see if many other big um, recruits coming out of high school do the same thing. But what was I going to talk about? Yes, I was. I lost my train of thought for a wee, a wee, just a small smidge second there. How about one LiAngelo Ball? Do you want to talk about something funny? How about the Ball Brothers? It all started with, and and we were just drilled forever with it. 
<laughs> Lonzo Ball. Drafted number two by the Lakers. How he was the greatest thing. The second coming of Magic Johnson. Blah, 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 blah. And I he remember. panned out pretty bad. No, at like, that time. At the time, yes. yes. It was very bad. Then he had his resurgence when he was traded to New Orleans. Then comes um, LaMelo Ball. Many people consider the more offensively and more athletic, a- athletically gifted player out of the Ball brothers. The better better than Lonzo Ball. He can He's... A shooter, he's a high-volume shooter, not a lethal, accurate, pinpoint-accurate shooter. He seemed like he lived up to the hype immediately. He won Rookie of the Year, even though I think Anthony Edwards should have because he played basically every single game. I I agree. They they had the same stats. One of them just played more games. And health is a thing that needs to be taken into consideration and does get taken into consideration, but I guess not for Rookie of the Year. He was great. Really awesome. And then we forgot somebody was drafted before LaMelo Ball. That was, of course, LiAngelo Ball. He wasn't drafted. I believe he was an undrafted rookie. Played with the Detroit Pistons in his first ever go-around. Didn't last that long. Kind of flamed out immediately. And we just never heard from him since. He kind of just fell off the earth. And most of the Ball brothers and LaVar Ball just kind of fell through the earth. Mm-hmm. Blessed be. Because, man, LaVar Ball, lo- great father figure. Oh, if man. you're looking for a dad... That's your dad because he's he is your number one hype train. Some of the things he does, maybe not, but he is there for you and he is with you a hundred percent. Love it. He's the case of the dad that's there too much. Yeah, <laughs> the one that yells the loudest at games <laughs> is. And I love. I still love it though. Yeah. I find it awesome. Supportive. His mouth can be a little big sometimes, but Leangelo just fell off the earth. And you know what happened? He reappeared in the summer league. Yes, For did. the Charlotte Hornets with his younger is he younger? Younger brother. I had to make sure that I didn't want to screw it up already. His younger brother, LaMelo on the Charlotte Hornets. He just came out and put down a casual five three pointers for sixteen points in his summer league for the Hornets debut. Yep. Saw the whole thing. This man is I think a good case study of just keep working. Just keep grinding. You, yes, you struggle out of the gate. And a lot of people do when coming from college to the NBA level. They struggle right out of the gate. Comes from UCLA, a program that wasn't, that isn't as, how do I describe it, big as it used to be in terms of college basketball's greater tier of, of schools. Comes to the NBA, flames out really immediately. Doesn't find much. He... Not many teams could, I wouldn't say find a role for him, but just never really, he never really just wowed them away. Went back to the gym, kept grinding. Kept, kept grinding. He is, as described by LaVar and many of the other analysts, the stronger, more lethal shooter of the three. Or the two, and counting him. Which is awesome, which is shocking, because at the time when he was, when he was 2018, he was put on a team, you would have thought, big guy, physical specimen, who can is a lethal shoot or not lethal, but a really good shooter. Probably the best out of the Ball brothers. You would think that'd find a team immediately, or at least allure them to keep him longer than just the summer league and then flame out immediately. But he showed off here. Yes, Sixteen he points, five three pointers. And it's not that these five three pointers were you know, off the rim lucky shots. Man, these suckers were Net. daggers. Off, off balance, some of them set on balance, led the led the fast break with some nice assists. This man 
was just putting in the money anytime he touched the ball. And he lit that gym up. He showed, I'm here and I'm going to, I'm coming out with a bang and I'm here to stay. Watch me. And now you have a Charlotte Hornets team that went from, hey, LaMelo's here. That's pretty cool to now, whoa. Like, okay. They got some people on this team. And now, now they have a very, very, they lost Malik Monk. Yeah, that was did. a big L because Malik Monk shot 40% from the three-point line last season, and he was the predominantly lethal shooter of that team. Sorry, Scary Terry. But now you replace him with Leangelo Ball. You kind of just add by subtraction. Possibly adding Leangelo Ball. That is true. Gotta we see don't how know he does. That's, That was one game. That we was one see game. how he's doing right now. But just right now, what a, what, what a great games. start, though, to your, I, would, I don't want to call agree. it basketball career, but... Agree. His second chance absolutely just demolishes that first game. And I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of people absolutely just tearing up the G in the Summer League right now. There really is. There's it's a kind lot of... of I want to call it weird, but it's just kind of... Surprising? A, yes. It's kind of just astonishing and surprising to see, like, Davian Mitchell, who a lot of people called, like, one of the most confusing drafts by the Memphis Grizzlies. Not Davian Mitchell. Excuse me. That's the Kings pick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was thinking there. Just tear it up. Absolutely just go off for 20-plus points. Jalen Johnson, who I think who went to the Hawks, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Yep. Then we have, um, crap, what's his name? I have him saved on my timeline. There's, there's a couple, there's know, a couple there's of people because there was one I saw. All right, who do, you got, who do you got on your side that you were just extremely shocked by? Ant- Antonio Blakeney. Who? Yeah, right. Okay. Right. He played for the Portland Trailblazers yesterday and dropped 27 points on not 90% lie. shooting. I mean, Portland's 90% shooting? 90% shooting. 27 points. From the field? From the field. 90% shooting. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. He's He's been playing in China. I averaged 35 points over there in China for the past, like, uh, I think it was it, 2019 to 2020 season. Trey Murphy is the guy I was talking about today who plays for the Pelicans. 26 points, 9 of 15 shooting, 6 of 9 from the three-point line, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, a poster, an absolute post. Kai Jones. Kai Jones Holy hell, Kai Jones killed a man. Low-key. Was that Evan Mobley? He killed Evan Mobley. No, it was, I don't know who it was, but I know for sure, because Mike Beasley, Michael Beasley, made his little surprise on on the Portland Trailblazers. Who else is on that that Portland Trailblazers team that's an old guy? Oh, it was... You got Michael Beasley, and then... I can um, can find it. But yeah, no, the Portland Trailblazers, I just not pay attention because I thought that team was dead. I didn't even... They didn't draft anybody in this draft. I don't remember at all. But Kai Jones is another name you need to keep an eye out of Texas. He absolutely just destroyed some poor dude in a posterized dunk. I think I can pull it up here, but man, he was impressive. Trey Murphy, well, for for the Pelicans, Another good, solid debut, 26 points. It's just every time I look, it's just like, hey, new guy came in, 26 points or 20-plus points, 10 yeah. rebounds. And I'm like, Honestly, some of the, the second-year guys are doing it big, too. Because Emmanuel yeah. Quigley dropped yes. 32 points today. Yes, Emmanuel Quigley. OP Toppin dropped another 20, New York Knicks. points. Yes, the New York Knicks looking like another team I, that I has like a lot of good young talent on that team. The Lakers have some interesting names. Matt McClung, yep. Austin Reeves from Oklahoma. How about that little that duo? Guy. I know. Can you believe that? Right. <laughs> you got Peyton Pritchard from the Celtics coming up 23 points, 7 of 15 from the field. And what does that other dude on the Celtics? Edwards. What was his? From uh, Colorado a year. I think this is his second year. He did a big too. Colorado, Colorado. Come on, come on. He was a I smaller, a, smaller guard. I am a Colorado Buffs fan. At the, as well, well we and I should know who this right guy now. is. But yes, no, um, Kai, Carson Edwards. 
Oh, yeah, Carson Edwards. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah he did there. it big, too. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, people. If you're kind of, like, on the fringe of, of watching, like, or kind of, I want to say bored of sports, but, like, looking for something to watch, whoo, baby, come watch some Summer League. Why not? Because, again, there's so many names that you'll never, probably not really see much this year, depending on where they are. Mm-hmm. But somebody like Desmond Bain from Memphis, second-year guy, showed flashes in his first season, comes for a team-high 24 points, 10 of 20 from the field, and shooting a couple... <coughs> Three pointers. <laughs> Sorry, so I died good there. Making them choke. I know it was so beautiful. I was having so much fun. Um, five six, five assists, six rebounds, one steal. There's just so much talent. It's not like the old summer league where you just sit around twiddle your thumbs, and be like, "Oh, I remember that guy. That guy was good." Or like, "Hey, this guy was supposed to be good. Hey, let's go watch him." Like LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You don't. You only watch the summer league back when LeBron James was drafted for LeBron James because he was the king. Or you probably watched it for Melo as well, but like, oh, it's the king. Or it's mellow. You're not watching it for guys like Josh Primo or Davian Mitchell, Kai Jones. I mean, Davian Mitchell is still doing pretty good. At least he, when I left, when I, I was watching the Kings That's true. Play. When I was watching, he looked good. Trey Murphy as well. There's just so many names that I'm sitting here watching just going like, wow. weren't you supposed to be, weren't you bad? Weren't like, didn't the analyst crush that pick right there? Josh Primo coming in for 17 points. A lot of people hated the Spurs for that because they drafted him at 12. That guy was ranked in the low to mid-20s. And he popped off for 17 points at 18 years old. Like, I was just, I'm like, what is happening right now? I love it. I love it. This is like what sports is all about. You're just sitting there being like, all right, I guess I won't be leaving my chair today because, damn, there's some good games. And it's awesome before NFL preseason course comes and kind of ruins all the fun because, oh, yeah, there they are. Oh, darn, preseason. So, woof, dang. Yikes. Got to get game pass again. Only, I got to say, first off, all 22 tape, greatest thing ever. Mm. I know we as civilians don't get the type of footage that a lot of the other teams get in terms of all 22, but, man, if all 22 comes back, as it's been reported, coming back to game pass, you ain't gonna see. I ain't seeing the light of day ever again. This man's just going, just going. Because man, up. I know it's gonna be so fun. Shut the stuff. But anyway, summer league. Do watch it. I actually want to stop real quick. P- pull the sad music up real quick. Oh, okay. I know. Pull the sad music up. <sighs> A little too loud. I need, I need more depressing, depressing vibes. So, the Nuggets. I don't. We don't need too much introduction to the Denver Nuggets. Summer League has been a disaster so far. A lot of health and safety protocols going on with the team. Only had one day of practice. Signed two players that played. That played in Sunday's game against the Heat. The same day they signed. So they flew all the way out to Las Vegas. Signed their contract. Showed up to just shoot around. And then played basketball. And this team looked... It was tough. It was a tough one. It's one of those games where you're just like... Yeah, that's a good old summer league I was looking for. I understand. Bull Bull, though. Let's talk about something more depressing. Let's talk about some Bull Bull action here. You guys remember Bull Bull? I do. He was supposed to be the one of the one of the lottery picks of that year's draft with not Michael Porter, but was thought to be top player. Huge. One of the most athletically gifted big guys I've ever seen. With his length. He can do so much stuff with that basketball for his size, it shocks me. He can shoot the lights out from a three-point line. He is skinny. He's like Manute Bull. He's just a small, he's just a 
or like Thon Maker, just a twig mm, sitting yeah. at, at, at his height, but can just shoot the lights out. Got him in the second round after trading with the Miami Heat. And I'm sitting here thinking, Michael Porter Jr., Bull Bull, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. Oh, my God. This team's going to be so deadly come two three years down the line. Michael Porter Jr. turned out to be the greatest thing ever. A lot of teams are kicking themselves for missing out on Michael Porter Jr. Bull Bull at the moment really makes me sad. People get excited when he comes in, though. He didn't do awful. It's in like their, Taco Fall. Game. It's like Taco. Oh, oh, points. points I didn't watch. Don't. I didn't there's watch. Your, there you go. You but didn't I saw watch. He had 21 so points. here we go. So, <laughs> Bull Bull's like Taco Fall in Denver. He's gifted. Not Taco Fall's gifted because he's just so beeping tall. Bull Bull is just gifted in so many different aspects of his game, creatively, shooting wise, skill wise. He should be an elite player if he puts his mind to it. But every time he goes out there, it's like sometimes watching a dumpster fire because it's exciting to watch. You're like, wow, that is something. And then at some point you're like, oh, 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 wait, ew, wait a minute, gross. Wait a minute, wait a <laughs> and that's what it was against the Miami Heat. This was his opportunity. This was his big opportunity to show the world Bull Bull is here to stay. Bull Bull is actually here to demolish the league like he said during his interview when he was drafted. He was disappointed he fell to the second round. This was his real opportunity. The Nuggets had people showing up to shoot around for the first time on the day, on game day. This was his time to shine. Comes out in the first half, zero rebounds for a guy his size, zero rebounds, no hustle whatsoever, lackluster in terms of Shooting, I think he only had six points at the time, as well as two traveling calls, two traveling violations, and a goaltending back to back to back. Somebody and I sat there, in. I know, and, and this one, no, 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 <laughs> Bobo has had what two years now to settle in. Coming to this third season, I'm expecting him to just finally fire off. Finally, it all clicks together because we've been patient, I've been absolutely patient with this guy. I've seen games where he comes in and I'm just like, ugh, he's, I just need to bear, bear through the pain. The teething, just bear through the teething process. First, they got me in the first half. It looked bad. I was about to fire off a tweet. Oh, not a tweet. Calling for him to be waived. Oh, not no. even traded. People, the Nuggets waved. have been trying to potentially trade Bull Bull. But I was just saying, just wave him now. It's not even worth it. What's the point? There's other players out there that are playing much harder who just signed with the team that day. And we're showing more hustle than Bull Bull. Second half came around. Got me back on. It got, it's like drugs. <laughs> got me hooked back in. Because you just see it. Again, there's the boneheaded plays where you're just like, come on, dude. Why are you doing this? But then there's the the three-pointer. The coast-to-coast. The behind-the-back spin move that he had around the free-throw line. You're just like, what? This guy could be something. Why are we discussing this guy in the way he is? Why isn't he putting much more effort out there? Because he can be an awesome basketball player. But I'm just getting tired of sitting here being like, one day, baby, one day, Bull Bull. And you're a Mavericks fan, so you have no real connection to Bull Bull, but there's probably True. people out there on your team that you're just like, I see it. I see where we want to go with this guy. I see the potential. It's just literally so far away. You're like, is it worth it, though? I mean... is In your opinion, is it worth it? 
Because you saw the 21 points. You just saw the stat line. Uh, yeah, I only saw the stat line. That and, was it. And when you look at the stat line, you said, he, not that bad. Yeah, that's what I thought. But when you watch the game, you in the first it's half, scary. you're throwing up. And the second half, you're like, hey, whoa, watch out, Potential. baby. Bull, bull. <laughs> How do you feel? Is it worth it at this point? You Again, I mean, no connection, but you see the potential. They've showed that they uh, that they want to keep him around yep. because I've yep. seen him in games. Of <laughs> course, like, you know, garbage time in games. But people are really excited about him, and I still think he has a lot of potential. I have not seen as much about when he sucks compared to you do. I'll show you tape, man. Uh, you can show me the tape, but I still think they're sold on develop in developing him because there, of course, some guys just don't come into the NBA and all and automatically a stud. That does not happen that all the time. Especially when you get second rounder type guys. But it just feels like there's no he's not definitely not a second rounder. Oh, he wasn't a second rounder? He was, but he's his talent wise, not no. a second rounder. The only reason he fell there is because of his injury. Mm. He suffered at Oregon in that one year. The thing is with the Nuggets, it's when do you stop thinking long term and make some sacrifices for win now? Because let's because they did that with like two years, two, three years ago when they drafted Michael Porter Jr. and then Bull Bull. I understand it. They had the solid core. You had Paul Millsap, Gary Harris was there, Will Barton, Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray. You're set. You don't need to worry about these guys now. You don't need to worry about them at all. You have a lot of money. The massive contracts haven't come in yet. You can splurge on free agency for great veteran people. You can wait on these guys. We're now at the point where Jamal Murray's got the big deal. Nikola Jokic has the big deal. Michael Porter Jr. is up. Due for his extension this year. And they could sign it this offseason. You're running out of money. And it's now time to think, all right, when when are we going to push for a win now? When are we going to try to really just stop worrying about potential and go for guys that have higher floors to help this team now? And, and that's what I'm kind of worried about because th- this year, they they drafted Bones Highland, which I thought was a great pick. That's a great floor guy. Yeah. That's a lethal shooter. That's what I was looking for. But before the draft, I was just worried because there was talk about Chris, there was talk about Primo. There was talk about these other raw athletes that need time. And I'm like, when are we going to just say, stop it? We got to go now. There's never going to be another opportunity where we can sit here with the players we have and just say, oh, we can wait another two, three years. We got to win now. And in, in, in a Western Conference that just keeps getting be- better and better, we got to go. We got to bleep and go. And you probably feel the same way about your Mavericks who had a, woo baby, had a... Had a draft this year. Look, we can't. They they had no draft picks they this did. year. Yeah, they did. They gave their number one <laughs> away for the Knicks, uh, Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway trade, and then their round, second round pick was from JJ Redick. And gosh, was yeah, that, that a waste? Just a damn waste. But 100%. they, but they went for. Now's the time. Push now. We got the star. We got to push for development. It yes. backfired, in terms of some of those people they brought in, but they committed. The Nuggets seem to be in a weird trance of like, well, we can wait. We also want to win now. So I'm like, teams that are on the bubble like that just need to choose. And I know it's easy for me to sit here and be like, just choose, damn it. But out there, they're probably doing the same thing. Because you sit there and you're like, oh, man, Bull Bull can just be the guy. He can be that power four that can just shoot from hellish range and nobody can defend him because he's like seven foot two, has... The immense length of a of I don't even know how to describe it a mountain. I don't even. A, There's no comparison to his length, and he can shoot the lights out. But it's just so bad. It's just so bad. It's like no improvement. When do you give up? And we shall see. But anyway, 
I did, that was just my I mean, Nuggets this is going to be a good time to see because last year they didn't have a summer league. That's true. And then and we never was, had a G League. This was his first game. Mm-hmm. This was his first, you know, summer league game. And, of course, the first That's half, He's it never was had icky. a summer the league. second half, yep. it was, it's getting better. So mm-hmm. these next few games, because they're still got games to play. So this point. may change your mind completely about how they're going to go about this. And here's the thing about the Nuggets again. They just got their first G League team this year. This yeah. offseason, they got a G League team. Bobo's just been rotting on the bench, not getting any meaningful minutes or anything to improve. They signed him not to a two-way, so he couldn't he couldn't at the time go back and forth. Now that we have an officially a G League team, now maybe we decide to throw him down there. Maybe that's where he advances. Because all this time Bull Bull's just been sitting on the bench, getting three minutes max garbage time, and we see it in the flashes in the bad, and you're like, damn it. So now my maybe maybe it all turns around this year. Maybe it Maybe very it well all could. does. But if if I see these other Young stars just balling out in the summer league, and I see Bol Bol doing the same darn mistakes every single game. I I just want to give up. I just want to give up. up. And this I know. First game. I know it's his first, first game. game. But if it keeps continuing, I might want to give up and loan him off to somebody else for the struggles. But that's just how fans go. <laughs> that's just how it rolls in this time. But anyway. This has been the NBA Summer League segment here on Wildcat 91.9 and Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Paxton Gordon. You can reach me on Twitter at Paxton Sports at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. You can reach her on Twitter, Jay's Wittit. That is at J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-I-T is her Twitter handle. How about we talk some football? Yay! How about we talk some football? Not preseason. Because we'll actually, coming up, and unfortunately she won't be here, which kind of sucks. Darn. I was really excited to talk some preseason action for Friday. And I might get your picks and I might do them live on air. But not preseason, that's a lot of the games. The official preseason starts Friday. Can you believe such a thing? Wowzers. Not Friday, but this weekend. Fine. Well, yours, yours already started, so you already had time yeah. to digest what your team did. I did. Broncos start this, this weekend, so does the Chiefs. So let's all get pumped up. But... Let's talk about the NFC East with Aaron Rodgers in it. How about such a thing? Ooh. Can you believe that? Aaron Rodgers seems to have finally somehow magically fixed his his issue with the team. For now. For now. <laughs> right At the moment, right now. Deshaun Watson report came out today that maybe things are fixed as well and the Texans don't want to give up on him. Uh, I saw that report out today. I don't know. I don't think didn't it was, he miss five straight days of he practice? Did. But I've, I think it was a report from either Pro Football Talk or some source in Houston said... The Texans are, aren't giving up hope that he wants to stay on this team. And I was like, does every quarterback just want to create drama this offseason and then just stay with the team? Just, What's uh, the point of that? What's the point of just, you know, breaking like breaking bridges, burning bridges, sometimes you gotta and then just instantly spicy. walking back just for that? Just make things spicy. <clears throat> well, with Aaron Rodgers, he just got more money. And again, I thought the issue wasn't money. It was the talent that he was getting. Anyway, I digress. But let us talk about who can usurp the Green Bay Packers this offseason. Now, that division is... Not the greatest. I would say, yes, not the greatest in terms of top-level talent because it's just the Packers. And really lagging behind the Vikings. But they've never been a true threat. Yeah. The Bears are kind of a question mark because I don't know who's starting a quarterback. Who is starting a quarterback? And then, of course, the Lions are like... Dumpster fire. Dan Cam. I don't fire. think they're a, dip- a dumpster fire. I think Dan you, you Campbell. You hear me reading off that roster? What Jared <clears throat> Goff got to throw to? 
Yes, but a dumpster fire also means bad management and at the moment and bad head coaching. At the moment, I'm giving Dan Campbell a break because I think it fits perfectly with that team. But we're looking Harry Douglas. That's right. Former NFL wide receiver Harry Douglas of HD. the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons talked about a team that he thinks could cause some trouble and be a potential threat to the Packers this season. Now, listen, Marcus, so I got to address you. My question for you, Marcus, my question for you, do you believe in Kirk Cousins? Do you believe do. in Kirk Cousins I to do. be that guy to take that team to a Super Bowl? You do. I believe Kirk Cousins is good enough to play and win his division. We ain't talking about the Super Bowl, Harry. We're talking about the team that's going to challenge the Packers in the North. We, that's what we're talking okay, about. Okay, so, the so let me ask Vikings you this. are the best-suited team to challenge them. Let me ask you uh-huh. this. In the last I'm three just, years, when Kirk Cousins came to the Minnesota Vikings, how many times have they been to the playoffs? Once. Once. How many times has the Chicago Bears been to the playoffs? Twice. I think twice, if I'm not twice. mistaken. Twice, with, yeah. with bad quarterback play. So if Justin Fields mm-hmm. is under center and he gives this yeah. offense a boost, what make you think that the Chicago Bears wouldn't challenge the, uh, the Green Bay Packers versus the uh, Minnesota Vikings? I don't understand that. Help me understand that part. Because, because, because Harry, I have no earthly idea how the quarterbacks are going to play for the Chicago Bears. I do know how Kirk Cousins is going to play based on what I've watched him do. And you know what Kirk Cousins has done? He's played well enough to keep his team in games and in contention. Like, I know the folk, it's easy. It is so easy to point at Kirk Cousins and say, Kirk Cousins is the issue. That's a lie. The issue for the Minnesota Vikings last year was defense. They bring in Patrick Peterson. They get Harrison back. They get Daniel Hunter back off of injury. They add to that defensive line. It's defense for the Minnesota Vikings, and they will be better. Offensively, we've all acknowledged that Minnesota offensively can play with most people in the league. You're hoping that the Chicago Bears have success. I know the Vikings will have success. Here's the thing about my discussion with Kurt Cousins. They said that Kurt Cousins has played well. Well, guess what? Well isn't good enough. Well doesn't win you playoff games, okay? A lot of and a lot of things that he said were, hey, you know, question marks on the Chicago Bears and, and Justin Fields. Well, you know what actually happens when you throw a rookie into a situation? The fact that there is lots of question marks and unknowns actually proved to be better for that team, specifically in year one. Because nobody's got tape on him. Nobody knows how he's gonna play. And I'd rather have the thought of Justin Fields. Being a top quarterback, better than, but not knowing if that comes if that comes to fruition, then knowing Kirk Cousins is going to play well this year. Because guess what? When it counts, well don't get you W's. Well doesn't get you the most important W's. It, just, the, it don't. When it, you get you average. There you go. Thank you. Eight and eight, and now nine and nine and eight this year. It's only going to get you five hundred, maybe ten wins every so often. You need to throw maybe a wrench into some things. Justin Fields is this wrench. He is unexpected. He is unknown. And the fact that he is unknown brings a lot of great value to the Bears because, again, no defense really knows how he's going to play. You're only going to see a limited time of him in the preseason. All right? 
who like just like with Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, when they came into the league, they were X factors for their teams off the bat. They added a new dimension that nobody could comprehend and stop immediately unless you're the Chargers against the Ravens in the first playoff game when he was there, but I digress. <laughs> they added so much variety and change to this team, it allowed them to be better than people imagine. The same goes with the Bears. It's not like the Bears have a bad team overall. It really has just been Mitchell Trubisky. Allen Robinson has been like stuck in quarterback purgatory over there, just like Cortland Sutton for the Broncos. And still been producing. And he still has been producing. And now he gets potentially the Red Rifle, who has a good arm and can get him the ball, or a dynamic Justin Fields who will do the exact same thing. Tariq Cohen used to be somebody somebody that people believed in to be a the next level of running backs. Somebody who could be a difference maker on this team. And now you go in knowing, I don't have any expectations for this quarterback position. But that's better than knowing, yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to play well. He's going to give me nine or eight wins a, game, a season. But that's not enough. That's not what I'm looking for. I want somebody to be that unknown, to bring that kind of X factor or that, just that thought of the unknown always leads to something good in the NFL. Dak Prescott being the one of the best examples. Very Tony true. Romo was the guy. Tony Romo was the guy. Goes injured, he comes in, smashes, just absolutely demolishes the league. Literally forces Tony Romo to retire. Pretty much. At that point, because he, he won the job from after the injury for Tony Romo set in. And then from that point, no looking back. Same thing can happen with Justin Fields. And that's why I value this team, the Bears team, higher than the Vikings. And then also, their defense got better. You get old Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith getting old, Daniil Hunter, excuse me, yes, not old, but still, that's not something they can sit there and be like, yeah, yeah, they got better. When you, when you look at the Broncos and they said they drafted a young Pat Sertan, or they brought in Kyle Fuller, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, they bring back Kareem Jackson, you sit there and be like, yeah, that defense got better. But when you sit here with the Vikings and say, yeah, they brought in Patrick Peterson, that's like saying we brought in Dominique Rogers, Crow Marty. He's old as dirt. Why are you Why are you always still saying, hey, Patrick Peterson, still elite at his age. Harrison Smith, still old as hell. Awesome talent. I mean, Patrick Peterson, he's, he's 31 years old, yes, like is kind of up there for football terms. But he's still... He was a difference maker at that safety position for Arizona and has been for quite some time. And the part of that Vikings defense last year, they were injured too. Pick a team in the NFL, I guarantee you they were all but hurt injured except well, for of course injured. Uh, the the Bucks. Yeah. I think they're the only ones who was healthy <laughs> the whole pretty much the whole time minus Leonard Fournette for like a Well spell. and Tom Brady played the whole season with an MCL injury. Yeah, we had no idea, but yeah, we sure. didn't know that. But as far as I we know, everybody get, else yeah, was yeah, hurt. Yeah, I get you, get you. So that defense because they were they were never a, a bad defense, except for last year, and I do believe that it was because of injury. So they could come back, but I remember this whole conversation in being who could threaten the Packers, and I still think Nobody else in the NFC North can threaten the Packers. Now, out of all those teams, you don't think one of them no. stands a a better chance a than the other? Aaron Rodgers and Devontae to... Adams? No. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay, okay. But if you had to choose out of the three, which one do you choose? Shoot, man. Because I know. Because, again, it's you go with a well Kirk Cousins. You know what you're getting from him. And that's still above 500. But do you go with the unknown, which could be better, or is that unknown too risky? I mean, the unknown about it, be like, yeah, that's great, but sometimes rookie QBs 
for the most part, come in kind of rough. <coughs> and mm-hmm. if you're putting everything on Justin Fields' shoulder, your expectations are too high, then you're just going to put yourself in a rough position as a Chicago fan. All right. Well, anyway, this is Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. Hope you all have a fantastic day today. We're in the, unfortunately, closing parts of today's show. I can't believe it went by that quickly Man. here today. But So Jasmine, we'll probably see you again next week. Yeah, I think I'll be, I should be back Monday. Alright, perfect. So yeah. she's not going to be long too gone. You can reach me on Twitter at Paxton Sports as at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. You can reach her on Twitter. Jasmine, what is your at? It is j- at, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> it is at J's with it as J-A-Y-S W-I-T it. Well, thank you for tuning in to Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 919 during Sports Talk. Come on, bring-